0: Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we're talking to, I guess, a new nailed member, LED Supply Co. in Colorado. You know, they're super interesting. I mean, We talked to Brian and Webb about this, Greg, and that is that they don't sell anything but LED.
1: True. They, they got in the business uh, kind of when LED was starting, and that's all they do. They, they had one case of fluorescence, I think, in case anybody wants those, but... Otherwise, it's all LED.
0: All LED all the time. I can't say that for me. I still sell lots of legacy lamps, but that's my business model. So interesting. Brian and, and Webb, thanks for coming on the show and enjoy your time in Nailed. Woo. Of course, this episode of the podcast and a lot of episodes sponsored by Keystone Technology. So you go to K E Y S T O N E T E C H dot com. That's Keystone Tech dot com. Greg, other than their Nailed membership, which is the foundation of keystone's success as a company.
1: Absolute foundation.
0: Foundation.
1: No, I'm just getting
0: <laughs> Ira and Fred, but you know what I mean? It's a big part of it. Yeah. But what is it? Why is Keystone so innovative, man? They seem there's a couple other companies like them that are that are like that, but there just seems to be this innovative streak in Keystone listening to the market. What what is it? Is it all Josh Brown? Is it coming out of Fred? Is it Ira? What is it, man? <laughs> You talk to. I, I think I that's
1: a. Yeah, I think that's the key is they actually listen to what is needed, and then they react. It's not a slow process. It's not. Let's uh, think this thing through for two, three years and let everybody else take it over. They look into it and they say, "This should be something that's available to the market. We can make it. We're going to do it. We get it out there. They put a nice price on it. They have great service. They have stock. Everything about it. So it's a great distributor, or not a distributor, great manufacturer of lighting product. That distributors should buy from.
0: Definitely. Everybody needs to have Keystone in their book, in their vendor book, so on their car, on their line card. So go to KeystoneTech.com. That's K E Y S T O N E T E C H.com. Right now, we got Brian and Webb. New members have nailed. Thanks for listening, folks. Here it comes, coming out hot. Welcome to the Get a Grip on Lending podcast, Brian and Webb. Thank Thanks. you.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Well, I'll say hi to Greg Eric. Hi, Greg.
1: Hi, guys. Hi. Nice to meet you, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having us here.
0: So, I think it's my second time to Denver, and I find I find it a bit of a progressive place. Let's start off with how did LED supply company come to be a thing?
2: Uh, it's Brian's fault. Yeah, <laughs> <it's> a- <laughs> he's to blame. So, we we saw some of the progress that was kind of happening in LED lighting. Uh, this was ten years ago, so this is our tenth year in business. Um, and decided that it was, it was an interesting field. Uh, we were both doing totally different things at the time. None, none of us had backgrounds in lighting. Um, and we started two companies when we founded LED Supply. We started LED Supply and LED Grow Supply. Uh, the cannabis boom was happening in Colorado, and we thought it would be interesting to develop LED grow lights for the cannabis industry. So we de- were developing LED high bay lights for cold storage warehouse lighting on the LED Supply Co side and grow lights on the cannabis side. What Was there one specific item
1: you saw? Or what, what, what was the indicator we, for LED that you saw? Uh,
2: so I, I was in technology. I was working okay. for a Google startup at the time. Just kind of saw some of the progress, thought it was very intriguing. Gotcha. Um, somehow was drawn to it. And mm-hmm. uh, we kind of founded these companies. We had no idea what we were doing. Started manufacturing products, made a lot of mistakes, um, but had a lot of successes. Um, LED Grow Supply kind of took off really quickly, basically bankrolled the rest of the company. LED Supply Co. took a little bit of time, but once it did, we didn't really have time for both. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was kind of, it was running quickly and we decided that we're gonna abandon abandon LED Grow Supply, focus on LED Supply Co. And that's the business today. Um, We've grown a lot. We have three offices across the U.S. We have about 50 people or so and do business in 40 or 50 states per year. Hmm. So, So it's come a long way. Good for you in those three offices you if you're doing them in 40 50 states i assume a lot of it's online online we have a lot of like national accounts that we service as well as like large esco customers that bring us into all sorts of different projects all over the u.s so mm, nice kind of all over the place
1: and so you guys you mentioned that led grow supply was you guys making your own lights correct and, and then you just stopped doing that all together
3: we just, we just yeah. didn't really have time for it. Yeah, we, we kind of took a look at the market and said, uh, even though LED grow supply was taking off rapidly um, and we knew it was going to be kind of a booming industry, um, we realized that the, the white light industry was more of a, a larger market. Um, so, we took the opportunity to focus on the bigger market and go for white lighting. Um, also, at that time, you know, it was somewhat serendipitous, I mean, 2009, 2010, Uh, Not a lot of distributors were out there pushing LED lighting on the commercial side of things. Not a lot of rep agencies knew how to sell LED lighting. And so when we came uh, to the market and went to the largest manufacturers um, and said, hey, we're here. We don't care about any of the incumbent technology. We don't care about the fluorescent technology. We just want to sell LED lighting. They, They welcomed us with open arms, which is somewhat unique. Um, you know, you look at our line card and we have GE right next to Phillips, right next to Eaton, right next to Cree. And and back in those days, 2009, 2010, you didn't really see that. Most distribution houses were a GE house or a Phillips house. Uh, so the fact that we were able to compile a pretty robust line card early on um, really made the white lighting opportunity look interesting for us. And that's why we pursued it.
0: You're calling it the white lighting opportunity.
3: <laughs>
0: that, that's interesting. I, mean, I haven't heard that term before. How did that come about? Is that an LED supply term? I've never heard it in the lighting business. And I've done what uh, two hundred
2: podcasts in the lighting business. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So maybe it was because we, maybe it was because we had LED grow supply, which was colored lights, yeah. <laughs> and LED supply go at the time. Um, I don't know how the term white lighting came around, but it's
3: because the the, the grow the grow
2: lights. If you've yeah. seen, an, especially an older version of a grow light, it, it glows pink,
3: or, sure, yeah. or red or, or purple, and. Um, I think that's probably why we kind of dubbed the white lighting industry. <laughs> I,
2: I think so, um, but yeah, that's that's why we kind of went down that road, and uh, it's, it was a good move for us. I mean, we had very rapid growth, and uh, today we distribute for over three hundred different manufacturers, and do some really cool projects all over the place. Wow, yeah. it's you know, there's a
0: power in being uh, manufacturer agnostic mm-hmm. when you approach customers. You know, when you're when you're when you're when you're not. When you're not bound to a specific brand, I think it really frees you up to do what's best for the particular client. I know Greg and I have talked about that a lot over the over the course of making this show. Um, what's your role in the business, Brian?
2: So I'm the CEO, okay. um, hot I'm, dog, I'm, top dog, basically. <laughs> you know, it just means I have to do a lot of work. But uh, <laughs> Web and I are really partners. Um, CEO, COO, but we kind of do everything. Sure. Um, we also are able to cover each other whenever one is out. So it's mm, always good. It's been fantastic having a partnership because doing it all yourself can be very daunting and you can't really ever take a breather. So it's nice to have someone who can back you up. If you have to take a sick day or you want to take a vacation, a lot of people don't don't have that availability. Yeah, for sure. Yep. How
0: much, so you guys entered the, uh, the um, lighting business sort of in the dawn of the rebate era Mm -hmm. okay and you guys have grown fantastically you said three locations 50 employees you service almost every state Mm -hmm. in the united states with with projects how much of your growth is directly related to rebates and how much is it purely organic sure i think rebates play a significant role Mm -hmm. in our lighting retrofit
3: projects today um they play a pretty significant role in our new construction projects as well not a lot of folks take advantage of rebates on the new construction side but uh, certainly in the retrofit space and certainly early days um, rebates were were very significant Uh, i can think back to when a cree 2x4 cr24 was you know, $230 distributor net cost. And, uh, you know, the rebate from Excel Energy here in Colorado was uh, 125 bucks, yeah, something like that. And so, you know, that would obviously play a pretty big role in a project. Sure. Um, and so I think rebates um, from the inception of LED lighting with the expense being so high in the beginning certainly was uh, immensely important for us to be able to get some of our retrofit projects done. And then, uh, you know, you've seen rebates drop, the levels have dropped over time as, as the price of the LED fixtures has dropped, and I think that's appropriate. Uh, but still today, I mean, rebates can easily make up, with the with the commoditization of the products and the price point dropping, rebates can still make up 20 30% of a project cost to an end user um, in some cases, so mm. it's
1: still very significant. So what percentage of your business is new construction versus retrofit?
3: Support. we're getting close to the 50/50 mark. We we I'll tell you mm-hmm. interestingly um, when we started out we were nearly 100% retrofit. Yeah. Um, and Brian and I took a look at that about 3 or 4 years ago and said, you know, this is great business today, but long term that's not going to that's not going to last. And so we made a concerted effort to focus more on the new construction side of things and develop those relationships um, and pursue that business. And now today I'd say we're probably 60% retrofit, 40% new construction. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. And you're
1: working with general contractors
3: on the new construction or architects as well? or General contractors, architects. Um, kind of the whole. Yeah, it? I mean, kind of whoever, wherever we can get in. Oftentimes we'll go straight to the end user, and a lot of times that's really interesting to get involved with the end user and help kind of avi- play an advisory role. Yeah, I always
1: think, feel like that's missed a lot on new construction. When I go into a building after the fact, I don't do a lot of new construction, but I see mm-hmm. a lot of things like, why don't they consider that? And, so we, you know, we take we, that proactive approach.
2: Yeah, for sure. We've we've had a lot of success with developers that are doing, you know, either multifamily sites or a lot of commercial sites uh all over the all over the country. And we kind of help on the spec side, distribution side, and kind of anything else we can help with on the value side. And do you guys offer turnkey service as well, where you have electricians or you do you have your own electricians here? so we, we do so okay. um, we, we own another company called LSC contracting uh, which is basically an electrical contractor it allows us to do national account work uh, basically across the US um, which is really what that focus has been nice I assume you sub it and we, 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 we sub the majority of our electrical work yep. it's really just kind of a core team that allows us to focus on those projects
1: nice yep. and do you what do you have a percentage of the projects you do where you guys
2: do the install as well so Obviously just on the retrofit side um, I don't know what what percentage exactly do you think we do Of all of our retrofit business I
3: mean it's not that significant I'd say 20 to 30 percent is is done turnkey by our sure. team. Um, and, again, that's, that's a team that focuses on national accounts and, and regional accounts and kind of needed to bring that piece in-house uh, in order to go out and win some of those accounts. Yep. Um, and so that's what we did. Um, but still a lot of our business today is is stock and flow business to electrical contractors here in town. And, um, you know, we, we're careful not to bite the hand that feeds us in
2: that yeah. sense.
1: Yep. Yeah. So do you guys sell legacy
2: technology? We, we do not. We um, don't have any. And really, we have not sold any legacy technology since we started the company. Um, Even 10 years ago, you know, if you looked, sure, we sold like a case of fluorescent lamps here and there because someone wanted something to finish out a project. But for the most part, we sold 100% LED.
1: So if a contractor comes here and asks you for fluorescent, you say no. We're going to give you this LED tube, and that's <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, it's very rare. Get given our name for yeah. a contractor to come come to our facility and say, "Hey, I need a whole bunch of fluorescent fixtures." I think, but. I think we got a right. few
3: cases of fluorescent in the back from that one customer that went out of business, and and uh, we bought up their inventory for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, we and it's still, still sitting, sitting in inventory. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know what? You know what's funny is that <clears throat> when I, whenever I, and, and obviously I'm biased, and um, so. I'm going to say of course i'm going to say this but i actually truly believe that end users are better off with a distributor in the lead of their project or buying from the distributor and having the distributor arrange the contracting and pick the manufacturing and and supply it to them just because of the this the the, the model of a distributor in terms of knowing what a customer bought in the past when they bought it who they bought it for most contractors don't know that kind of information when you call up an electrical contractor and you say well, remember the lights I bought from you four years ago? They're going to, no, I don't remember those at all. I bought them from, I remember I bought them from LED Supply Company, maybe, you know? So I think that that there's a, there's a the, one of the, a lot of people talk about the crisis in distribution. I don't think there's a crisis. I think there's a little bit of redefining of what a distributor does and you guys are saying no, no legacy lamps. Right. Um, That's I, a
2: philosophical choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Again, our, our company so was founded, found, founded on LEDs, so for us to sell legacy lamps would be kind of like sacrilegious to a certain extent. But um, I, I do agree with you. Distributors right now are in an interesting position. Uh, I think a lot of the legacy distributors are in some sort of a crisis, whereas we are a very unique animal. Uh, we do all most of our own specification in-house. Because we distribute for 300 different manufacturers, we can kind of pick and choose what we like mm. for different types of projects. And that's actually given us a nice leg up on the new construction side. I mean, retrofit was always our bread and butter, but new construction has become almost half of our business in a mm. four-year period. So, uh, I think that's that's happened because we're, we're good at that side of it. We can take on some of those additional roles, add some additional value to those customers and provide more flexibility.
1: Hmm. You have an in-house team then that does photometrics and all of that. You guys handle all that here. Yes, yeah, so that. you can pick and choose your fixtures and manufacturers.
0: Exactly. Got it. See, I'd walk away from so like mm-hmm. the church I go to with mm-hmm. my family. Um, I don't like. I, I know I, they they asked me to do the the, the uh, and I don't I don't we don't do lighting design. We only do retrofit. In my in my and I I also an electrical contracting company as well. So I have a similar setup to you guys, and um, but. You know, I, I don't like the interior design element of it. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that, yeah. that element of it is like completely foreign to me. How, is he, is he either of you the lead on that or did you find someone to help you with that? We've got partners that help us um, when we need to have
3: uh, you know kind of high-end interior design. I don't think you want Brian or myself picking what chandelier <laughs> you're going to be putting over your stairwell. It's, it's not our specialty and we don't try to say that it is. Um, if we need uh, more architectural stuff, we'll lean on some partners that we have around town that that's focus and specialize in that uh, more. So we do our design work on commercial and industrial. So mm. if we need to go in and do a warehouse, uh, that's easy for us to yeah, do. If we need sure. to do a for a parking lot, uh, that's easy for us to do. All of our sales guys are trained on, on how to do your basic photometrics. So um, from that To that extent, I mean, we we don't do a lot of the picking and choosing of the decorative fixtures um, unless we're asked to. We can make suggestions, but we always leave that in the hands of the end user or the contractor. Um, Our photometrics and design is more commercial industrial based. Now, do you guys manufacture product anymore?
1: Uh, you talked about you used to do the grow light. Do you guys mm-hmm. have anything else you're looking to do?
2: Yeah, so we, we've we always kind of maintained kind of an OEM side of our business called LSC Technologies. Basically, just LED Supply Co. Technologies, not that unique, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's been a good little side business for us. Sure. Uh, from that business, we actually just spun off a new company called Puro, which is a disinfection lighting company. We think this is kind of a new, new niche that's really interesting. Uh, we have a proprietary technology that will disinfect an entire room in a 30 minute period. Mm. So kill 99.9% of all bacteria, viruses, and fungi within the space. And that has been kind of taken off over the last year. Uh, we've been focusing a lot of attention on that and uh, basically building that out, building out some new products, um, but we think it's a really interesting category moving forward.
1: Now, is that something you guys come up with, or you had somebody that helped develop the technology that works here and partner with?
2: So it was actually one of our partners brought us uh, the gotcha. kind of this unique UV technology, uh, and the company behind it uh, had engineered some really, really interesting technology, uh, but was having difficulty figuring out how to bring it to market. Sure. So our partner brought it to us and said, hey, we think that this might be interesting for you guys. We took a look at it, I had some engineers kind of evaluate it, and they said, Hey, you know, this is actually very intriguing for the healthcare space. You know, you guys should should take a look at this. Uh, so after doing some more due diligence, we decided to build a brand around it with kind of this UV disinfection as the core. When you say healthcare, you mean pharmaceutical as well, right? Uh, pharmaceutical as or well. Is that a separate division? Like
0: healthcare is frontline healthcare workers in hospitals and nurses. And pharmaceutical, separate like clean room, or is it, are you guys looking at that same way? Uh, I'd be looking at the same way. Yeah, <coughs> healthcare <coughs> is pharmaceutical and and hospitals and, and correct and, and clinics, Cl- and clinics and, so. yeah, and
2: urgent yeah. cares and uh, acute care centers, all all sorts of different uh, applications in the healthcare space. Additionally, we're funding you know success in professional sports. Uh, Division one with this couple.
0: disinfection. Yes. What are they doing there? Getting rid of the the, the staff infection stuff that all these guys end up with on their legs and stuff. Exactly. exactly
2: right. Exactly. So they're using it to disinfect spaces. With that's a big
0: problem, actually. That
3: staff I'm stuff. You think hear about, about it a lot. If your top your top player for the Denver Nuggets is out sure. for two weeks with a staff infection, six I mean, weeks. How, know, how much is them. that going to cost the team? Mm-hmm. And, and sure, um, you know that you can you can turn around an ROI proposal based on something like that if you have a real life scenario. I really love it. <laughs> it's so
0: sexy, isn't it? That this. <laughs> Infection stuff. When you hear about it, it's like I was on the I was on a plane with um, an orthopedic surgeon. He was sitting beside me, and mm-hmm. his family was there, and we're on this plane. And I was telling him about disinfected lighting, and, he, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what your lawsuit costs us?" Exactly right. And the reputation, his reputation. If, if one of his clients gets sick, they don't like it, dude. They don't want any part of it. It's not like, oh yeah, the lawyers do it. The doctors don't want it. The hospitals don't want it. That nobody wants that. So it's actually a really sexy exciting space. I mean, you can get like never mind energy savings. Now you're into that. What was that 33300 argument? Yeah. I don't know what it was. I got to get this off here for hat sweating. I'm sweating. Off, I'm yeah. sweating. <laughs> but yeah, it's just when I when I think about this disinfection, that's the first time I've ever seen lighting leave like legitimately. You talk about circadian and health effects. But this disinfection thing, if it's legit, mm-hmm. you're actually in that 330, 300 range now for the first time legitimately. You're taking away liability. You're helping clean the room. And and what it, what it was that other guy we interviewed saying? It actually cleaned the other rooms as well because the air was cleaner in that room. It actually transitioned to other areas that didn't have the lights became less had less bacteria. Hmm. So because the the ducts are interchanged between the rooms, mm-hmm. sure. the air from the one room was going into the other and. Cleaner air was everywhere related to where these, in the adjacent rooms around. Oh, the it's kennel, I think. Kennel manufacturing, yeah. Yeah. that's who
2: it was. Yeah, Yeah, with, with Indigo Clean.
0: Yeah, yes. we talked to them about it and it's super exciting. I think it's the most exciting place lighting is right now, even more than horticultural, circadian, health effects. I think the disinfection stuff is the most exciting, yeah. payback-wise.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we would agree with that. And so that's, we, we don't go in a different direction that often, this was something that we found very, very intriguing. And we think there's a ton of applications. Uh, so one of the largest NBA teams in the country already put it through their entire facility. We're working with a whole bunch of different NFL teams, um, some baseball teams as well, as well as a whole bunch of different D1 athletics. But how,
0: you know, how about community showers like your local pool?
2: Use mean, cases are
0: endless. I mean, yeah, talk I mean, about
3: nurseries. Uh, sure, if you're going, if your child goes to daycare, if you ever send a kid to daycare, you know how sick they get. I mean, yeah. would you like your Would you like your daycare to have a disinfection lighting? How about on cruise lines? You know, you hear about people getting sick oh, on these man. cruise lines. So the use cases, you know, you can. Kind I'm of never just going work.
2: on
0: a cruise again, man. Yeah, you can run. <laughs> no, a seriously, like <laughs> no. nightmare, dude. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I, I didn't get sick, but other people got sick on the cruise, and it, right? really, it's brutal for them, man. Yeah. It's like the worst sicknesses that they've ever had, dude. Yeah. Now, what are the unintended consequences? What What's coming down the pipeline? this disinfection stuff like is there any problems Is it hurt us is there something that we've heard that you know the light wave also kills the macular degeneration of the whatever is there something like that that we should
2: be worried about so there's a few core technologies that are making it to market right now you had mentioned indigo clean these mm-hmm. a 405 nanometer technology which is a near UV technology mm-hmm. Um, Our technology actually uses a UV technology. Mm. So UV non-visible, it's not going to be on when you're uh, actually in a room. Mm -hmm. So we have built-in occupancy detection. So 405 is going to be operating in a space when you're actually in the space. Um, And then they have kind of like a high power mode that will turn on whenever space is vacated. Our units will only turn on whenever space is vacated. And our units are meant to disinfect a room in a short period of time so it's a short burst of light uh, primarily broad spectrum uv and we will disinfect a whole room in 30 minutes like with a 99.9 percent kill mm. uh, with the continuous disinfection technology which is it's also a very very interesting technology you're disinfecting over very long periods of time so sometimes 24 48 72 hour periods And to get to a three, four log kill, which is like a 99.9 or 99.99% kill, it might take a very long period, whereas we can achieve that in in an hour or less. So two different applications for it. Ours could be used in more acute settings where there really is a need for high-level disinfection. Uh, Continuous disinfection can be used while you're in the space, um, but it's going to provide a a lower level of disinfection. What it's just of, part
0: of it's just part of a
2: strategy exactly so Whereas these, these yours, are only one these yeah. are only one component yes yeah, you sure. know if you don't clean your space well you can have the best technology yeah. in there and it's not going to be that sure. effective but uh this will help just decrease the chance that someone can track something within that space so for professional sports we're doing a one or two hour deep clean cycle every night you'll get a three or four log kill basically throughout the entire space mm. operating rooms the same same thing we're actually finding really interesting applications in air handling units as well. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, inside the ducts and stuff like that, right? right? So, yeah. so kind of like water with the uh, UV lamps inside water, mm-hmm. water treatment plants. Mm-hmm. So, like, even water, even Denver's water treatment plants has these enormous light boxes that the light water goes through to treat it for bacteria.
2: Exactly. You could do the same thing with air for sure. Precisely. And as well as decreasing bacterial buildup on cooling coils within mm. air handling units because that can decrease uh, HVAC efficiency. Mm. That was not what we originally intended, but every hospital that we brought it to basically was like, hey, we have this issue. Can you guys help? Yeah. So it's, it's, been a, it's been an intriguing vertical for us. Um, we think there's a tremendous amount of applications. Basically, anyone that you bring it to, you kind of explain what it does, they get it in 30 seconds, mm-hmm. and then they're telling you what applications you should be using it in, uh, which is a good place to be. Um, someone can figure out what a technology does how it can help them in a short period of time, then you're typically onto something. What type of fixture are you putting it in? Is Two by four? Oh, uh, so okay. we actually, we have, we have an, a proprietary fixture I could have could have shown you, but um, so our largest fixture is actually six inches by 24 inches. Okay. Um, and the only reason it is that big is so that it can fit within a standard ceiling grid. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we have a smaller fixture that's about six by eight inches that can be installed in hard-lit ceilings. Uh, we have, you know, flanges for Uh, Drop ceiling or for uh, wall mounts. So you put it. it, it, Does it light as well? It does not. not. So ours ours is only only disinfection. disinfection. Got
1: Got it. it. Yep.
3: Next, the next iteration of the product, we've looked at integrating it into like a standard light fixture, whether that be a two by four or a low bay or a high bay, and in certain applications like food processing, for example, Mm -hmm. um, it might make a lot of sense to integrate it into like a vapor tight uh, low bay, and and you know that's something that we're looking at doing. But uh, as it stands today, that product is is just simply a disinfection
2: product. Got it. We are in Denver, there's horticultural lighting. What are you guys doing with that now then? You... So strangely enough, we're actually not that integrated into oh. the horticultural lighting scene. Um, we do think that there's some really interesting applications for puro uh, in that space, mm-hmm. uh, for disinfecting during crop turnovers, uh, de- decreasing mildew growth, uh, pottery mildew, stuff like that. Um, but at least on the gruelite side, we actually haven't been that focused on it.
3: Ever since we kind of abandoned the, the LED grow supply company back in 2011 or so, um, it's been something that we, I wouldn't say we've avoided the grow industry, may, maybe in the beginning because it was, um, it, it was kind of the wild west. Um, a lot of interesting folks you were dealing with before there was enough regulation in place. Um, certainly, that's the direction that the horticulture industry is headed. And we knew that, Brian knew that back in 2009, that it was going to be LED. Um, one might say we were a little before our time in that sense. Um, But the projects are are really enticing uh, when you look at them. The sales cycle is, is particularly long. Uh, And it seems that no matter who you're dealing with, they want to test the light out and make sure that they can uh, achieve the same crop growth that they have with their high pressure sodiums. And so, you know, that, that can be a challenge. And then there's, there's a lot of different elements uh, that go into, uh, you know, a cycle. And so if, uh, you know, let's say the nutrients were off a little bit or the water was off a little bit, or the humidity in the air, the amount of time the lights were on, uh, there's a lot of different elements that can go wrong. And, And when you have a new, lighting technology in a grow and something does go wrong you don't achieve that same crop uh, that you did on the last grow with with high pressure sodium the light becomes the easy scapegoat Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, those are some challenges that i think we got a little bit tired of um, when we were in the grow industry and said you know we can we we can focus elsewhere
0: nice you know that you know it's interesting before you went to the horticultural i was thinking that you know there's something that the sun disinfects as well actually yes Mm -hmm. yeah so I mean, it's natural for light to be a disinfector. It's nothing new. In right. fact, it's you're actually doing what light does, what the sun does for the earth. Anyway, you're just adding it to an electric light fixture.
2: Correct. And so I mean, the, the sun produces broad spectrum uh, UVC, UVB, UVA. UVA and UVB uh, really penetrate the atmosphere. UVC typically reflects. Um, you get a small, small percentage that that makes it through. Um, UVA and UVB can be used to kill uh, bacteria, viruses, fungi, uh, but really UVC is actually the strongest uh, source for Mm. germicidal disinfection. Our fixture produces an extreme amount of UVC. Uh, to, to be effective against a broad spectrum no, it, of Intermittent pathogens. exposure doesn't hurt people. It, it does not. If you were under it all the time, time. there would be an issue. C- correct. Yeah. And so naturally our lights won't go on when you're in the space and they'll turn off uh, and resume their cycle as soon as you vacate. But uh, you don't want to be exposed to a tremendous amount of UV. There's a lot of research out there that shows that it's not very healthy. Um, our light does uh, two millisecond bursts every six seconds. So it's a short burst every six seconds. Uh, the amount of actual exposure is very, very limited, uh, but it's enough to kill pathogens. It's not enough to damage any type of material within the space or really do harm to anything else in the space. What was that scientist we met in, 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 at Light Fair,
0: French guy? David Aurelius? I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if his name is. Aurelius. Aurelien David. Uh, Aurelian David. That Aurelian was, David. <laughs> yes. way around, yeah. Yeah, so um, PhD lighting. He says, people get damaged by light from the sun mm-hmm they don't get damaged from light from indoor unless it's flicker that was his point flicker proved it if there's flicker in led or flicker in thing yes that's not good but other than that any damage that comes from light comes from the sun that was his point that he made and then maybe paraphrasing could be wrong you can come on early at any time and talk to me about talk talk about how i'm wrong but yeah so people that like, get concerned about that i'm not so i think that's a lot of fear-mongering in that sense sure you know, and that
2: stuff i mean Listen. With any type of like UV light source, you can do real damage if you provide a a high amount into a room that has is occupied. Sure. Um, There's also been a decent amount of research on near UV and blue lights causing retinal damage and some other issues. Mm -hmm. So, I think I think there can be. Um, You know, the whole point of our lights is to you know kill pathogens and not be on when when a space is vacated. We are doing some research currently with a couple. couple spectrums of UV that are showing to be safe for actual use while humans are in a space. So effective pathogen killers while being able to be used continuously. Um, and we have been doing quite a bit of research on that.
0: Well, your lights might go on uh, Tesla's spaceship to Mars to keep the, that the free of bacteria. It'd That's where cool. we're, they, yeah. they would definitely
2: work. <laughs> they would definitely work for that. So, you know, 10, 20 years from now, we should be ready. You guys
1: are, it sounds like you're looking ahead a lot of times, finding the right opportunities. What do you see as the next opportunity in lighting?
2: Or do you not know yet? Um... Honestly, we think that disinfection is probably one of like the most intriguing, it's uh, the sexiest, up, up, that's for sure. upcoming opportunities, and we're we're finding a lot of short-term success with it, um, and a lot of interest. Uh, so we're we're focusing a lot of attention on that. Um, I think horticultural lighting is going to continue to improve and improve. Um, we you know, we came out with LED grow lights ten years ago, and now it's the standard ten years later. So um, we definitely were on to something then. Um, we've also been developing some smart city solutions. We have another product uh, out of LSD technologies called CitySafe uh, that's used by uh, some large escos. And we think that's a really intriguing uh, position to be in. Uh, as IoT platforms continue to get built out, we have some kind of core functions that uh, provide security for cities and uh, safety systems. and. Uh, I think that's an interesting application to utilize lighting to leverage other platforms. Um, where it will go from here? I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. LED continues to get better and better every year. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the next technology after LED? Uh, it doesn't seem like anything's really presenting itself. I'd be interested to hear if you guys have have seen anything that you think will 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 kind of come next. Not in terms of lighting technology, no. Yeah. I think a, you know a lot of the talk has been about
1: production how we'll ever be able to measure that and performance and mm-hmm. and then the whole control thing we could dive into but enough of that we're not yeah.
0: selling this and you know web it's been 30 minutes <laughs> 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 so, i'm gonna have to run here shortly yeah, I yeah. Think you gotta uh, run so i think that's a good point to wrap it up uh brian webb thanks for having us to your your shop here of course Thank you. and yeah, I, I really enjoyed coming. the conversation you guys have a great company i love the way you're kind of like a spider's web that's gets ripped here and creeps over here into different things. It's really exciting to see a business like this that you guys are in. And uh yeah. What was that name that you wrote down?
2: White lighting opportunity. White
0: lighting opportunity. Yeah, that's the title of the
2: show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like it. Um well thanks thanks very much for having us on. It was a pleasure no talking to you guys today. Appreciate it guys. And, thanks very much. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully All we'll right. talk in the future. Yeah sure. for sure.
0: Thanks. Keystone Technologies. Go to dot hcom baby. KeystoneTech.com. How many times have I said that?
1: Uh, I could count, but it's, it's quite a few. Let's put it at that. You know what's <laughs> funny,
0: ma'am? That's because they're an innovative company. I don't mind saying it. It's my honor to say it because they make good products and they're run by good people and we love Keystone.
1: That's right. You go to their website at any point and you're going to find something new. I'm, I'm looking at it now and there's something I didn't know they had, but they now have it. And it's a unique, innovative solution for recessed cans and emergency lighting. That's needed. They've got something for it. So continue to look at what they've got. They're always offering new, innovative products. They have great service, great pricing, everything you can ask for in a lighting, LED lighting manufacturer.
0: So go to KeystoneTech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. Proud Nail members, National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, coming out hot. People are joining this association again. They're coming back. Our old friends are coming back. We're making new friends. Why don't we be friends, son? So you can join Nail just like everybody else is. If you have If you have a warehouse with light bulbs in it and you sell those light bulbs, to commercial, industrial, contractors, that sort of thing. What are you doing, man? This is your association. What are you thinking, man? Come on down. Biloxi, Mississippi, 19th to 22nd. That's where we're all hanging out. All the peeps that do that are hanging out in Biloxi, Mississippi. Why don't you come on down and join us? So go to NAIO. That's in April, by
1: the way. Did I say April? April? 19th, 22nd? You just said the 19th through the 22nd. So that that's about 12 different options there. We're going to go April of 2020.
0: <laughs> Thank God for Greg. Ah, what would I do without Greg? So go to KeystoneTech.com. Go to Nail.org and make sure Greg checks it out before I say
2: anything, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> On the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost, Lord is there to find you.